There are some sermon notes that go with today's message, so um, if you haven't got any sermon notes, if you'd like to put your hand up, our lovely hosts will make sure that we can get some into your hands. Are there anybody here that doesn't have some sermon notes for this morning's message? Okay, there's one there, one down the front. Another one down here as well, and in the middle. Just put your hands up nice and tall so that the uh, host can, uh, can see. I should have told you that with these sermon notes, there's homework. Maybe some hands wouldn't have gone up. <laughs> cool. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you for the goodness of God in this house. I thank you that uh, you're going to speak to us today and you're going to help us transform not just our internal worlds, uh, what's happening in and around us, but Lord, you're going to help us to bring transformation to our families, to our friends and to our community. We pray, Lord, that you'd help us to, to live this message and that you'd help us to have the courage to speak up and to, to do what we're, we're talking about this morning. So Father, I pray that by your Spirit, you plant seeds deep within our heart and uh, you bring about a fruit of righteousness and souls being saved into the kingdom of God as a result of it. And I pray that in Jesus' wonderful name this morning. Amen. Uh, welcome to uh, the, the message this morning. Um, I'm going to be continuing on with the series that we've been doing for a number of weeks now and there are still a number of weeks uh, in which yet to go. Um, the series is called Tool Time, and the series is designed uh, to help people enter into simple yet, I believe, life-changing conversations with others that don't know God. We're going to give you tools to be able to equip you to actually uh, enter into a, a conversation with people uh, about uh, spiritual things and about life itself. Um, Colossians chapter 1 verses 28 and 29 says, Christ is our message. And that's what I love about this. Christ is the message. It's not about me. It's not about what I've done. It's about what Christ has done. That is the message that we are uh, helping people to come to understand. And it goes on, it says, we speak to awaken hearts and bring everyone into the full understanding of truth using all the wisdom. Everyone say wisdom. wisdom. Everyone say Wisdom. All the wisdom God's given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. And that's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power working within me. Um, you know, this whole series is designed to give us the tools that we need. Sadly, you know, many of us haven't used wisdom in our approach to reaching others or awakening hearts or bringing everyone into a full understanding of the truth. Uh, quite frankly, uh, when it comes to sharing our faith, I've come to the realization no one's really trained us how we need to do that. Uh, it's, it's sort of like you, you, you get uh, born again and you go to church and it's an expected that you're going to know almost 
automatically, like you get this sudden download from God about, you know, how you share your faith with someone who doesn't know, uh, hasn't, is not walking in faith, or, or doesn't know God, or has no concept of, of spiritual things. There's, there's this whole thing that, that we're expected just to know. It's like children, when you're feeding a, a, a baby, uh, you know, the way that they grow is uh, quite often it's the food that they ingest, but it's also by the, the stuff they absorb through their skin. Have you ever found that? You know, that's how they grow. That's how it is with Christians. We, we think that it's stuff that we, we get ourselves, but we, we think that we're going to just absorb it and, and we pick it up just by osmosis. Uh, and, and that's not the case. We need to be trained. We need to have the wisdom of God in how to share our faith and have spiritual conversations with people. I don't know about you, but I've blown it when I've talked to people about God. You, you're thinking, you walk away from just having spoken to someone about God, and you think, man, I. I blew that, you know, I just like had no conscious uh, understanding of how to do that well and you're walking away and you're down on yourself. Uh, What I've done quite often is to use a tool in the wrong way, you know. uh, I should have been listening and asking questions rather than telling the person they needed to change their life. Uh, And I think that, you know, sometimes we use a hammer as a screwdriver and we use a screwdriver as a hammer sometimes. Some of my tools, you know, that's a testament to how I do tools, really. You have a look at some of my screwdrivers and there's a slight bend in them because they've been used as a chisel. Um, And that's just the way I am sometimes. That's cool. Um, Pastor Luke last last week gave a great message on being salt and light. Uh, I'd encourage you to have a listen to it on, on iTunes. It's a great message. And Pastor Luke said that, one of the things that we actually do is, is try to, to flavor our lives with just the right amount of salt so that people continue to come back wanting more. Sadly, though, sometimes we can use too much salt. Who's ever had a meal that's had too much salt on it? Who's ever had chips that have had too much salt on it? Okay, it's just the way it is. When I was going through the police academy, uh, one of the tricks that they used to play in the mess was to just unscrew the salt shaker just enough so it stayed on, but as soon as you turned it upside down to shake it out, all the salt came out. I was never anyone that did that, all right? I, I was an angel when I was through the police academy, okay? So, um, but that, you know, sometimes we have too much salt or we don't have enough salt and it's just bland. It's just no flavor. There's no life to the meal. It's just empty, you know? So uh, sometimes we need to, to just have the, just an, enough salt so that people come back. And so it, this series, It's Tool Time, is, is to provide us with the wisdom that God's given us all to, to be able to, to be effective and produce a work of quality when it comes to having spiritual conversations with someone who lives or even believes differently. This whole series is based upon a book by Mary Shelley called The Nine Arts of Spiritual Conversations. And it provides us with... Uh, nine very practical ways of having and, and going on the journey of having a spiritual conversation with people. It looks at the art of noticing, praying, listening, asking questions, loving, welcoming, facilitating, serving together and sharing. So in this series, in part one, it was a, a big introduction about how we have spiritual conversations and it was an introduction to this series. In part two, we looked at noticing people. Just simply, you know, like you're, you're walking through a shopping center and just, you don't know what it is, but you just you notice someone, you see them, they stand out for some reason. Well, it's just God's just pinpointed that person for you. And what we need to do is say, 
God, why have I noticed that person? What is that about that person that I need to pay attention to? So that's part, uh, part two about noticing people. Part three was about praying for people, where we asked God three questions. Where are you working in this person's life? What does this person need right now? And how can I invite this person to experience a fresh way of experiencing Jesus? In part four, the last time I spoke, we looked at listening because people you know, to people so that uh, it's a way of communicating that, uh, the love for others and revealing God's heart for them, and it helps them to understand uh, the other person as well. And this morning we're doing part five, and part five is all about the art of asking questions, the art of asking questions. And really it's born out of something called curiosity. Can I just say curiosity? Curiosity. There was a sign in a a window of an English company that stated the following. So this is their sign in their window of this shop. We have been established for over 100 years and have been pleasing and displeasing customers ever since. We have made money and lost money, suffered the effects of coal nationalisation, coal rationing, government control and bad payers. We have been cussed and discussed, messed about, lied to, held up, robbed and swindled. And the only reason we stay in business is to see what happens next. (laughs) Curiosity. It's curiosity. So the key to asking good questions is something called curiosity. Curiosity actually opens the door to having meaningful conversations with people. Curiosity is actually the bridge that moves us from listening to asking questions and fully engaging with someone that we are with. The word curiosity actually comes from a Latin root which says cura, and this is in your notes. Uh, It means to care, to tend, or to heal. What a great understanding of the word curiosity, isn't it? That Curiosity can actually be a a method or a, a means to bring healing into people's lives. And when we care enough about a person or a question, we're motivated to know more and understand better and explore deeper uh, in, in, in that relationship and with that, that issue. Someone once said that adults ask questions because they want to do something with the answers. But children ask questions because they just want to know. And I wonder sometimes if we just get back to that whole thing about just wanting to know rather than trying to fix it or to come up with an answer for something. We just sit there, sit there and, uh, and we uh, want to know something. So curiosity, as it relates to relationships, is the humble and sincere interest to know more about another person, their thoughts, their beliefs, their passions, their doubts, their fears, and things of that nature. Curiosity is, the, is not the same as gathering information. It's a different way of discovering. See, when we're curious... We're no longer in the role of an expert. Instead, we are exploring another person's world with them, not superimposing our world over theirs. But we're there actually to simply learn and to to explore and to be curious about another person's life. So I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but God actually created us to be curious. He made us that way. That's how God made us. Curiosity plays a critical role in motivating us to learn and to discover things about others. And we've been created with an appetite to discover, to be naturally curious. See, it's curiosity that dismantles a watch to find out how it works as a child. 
Curiosity builds a go-kart to see how fast it can actually go down the hill. And hopefully you've built some brakes. Curiosity saves money to find out what that holiday is going to be like when you go on it. Curiosity goes to a church to see what your workmate's been banging on for for ages. Curiosity starts a business to explore and to scratch the itch that's in a person's heart. They want to find out if they can actually do that, if that, uh, the vision that they have for life is actually going to pan out. It's, it's born out of a curiosity. One of the, the reasons that I left the police department to become a, a pastor of a church was in, uh, uh, not just to not have any regrets at the end of my life, but curiosity. To, to see and explore the call of God on my life, to find out exactly what, where God was leading me and what he wanted to do with my life in a way that uh, would honor him and glorify him. So curiosity does that. As people who desire to have authentic spiritual conversations, if we can intentionally tap into this God-given bent towards curiosity... We may have the key to discovering some excellent questions, questions that communicate to another person how much we really do care about them. Asking questions from genuine interest builds a connection. It's showing that we want relationship rather than an audience. Meaningful questions give people the opportunity to wrestle with the truth about life, about themselves, and about God as well. Have a listen to, or have a watch of this this video. I taught a Bible at Christian school for a lot of years. My job was to help students understand truth. Truth with a capital T. You know, the kind of truth that's absolute. True for all people, for all times, and in all places. My teaching method was pretty simple. I talked to my students, they took notes, and then regurgitated my words back to them. For about five or six years, I thought I was a pretty great Bible teacher. But then my students started pushing back. They accused me of making them write down my words in order to get a good grade. Then I realized that my students didn't really own my version of truth. So I changed the way I taught. Instead of talking at my students, I began asking questions about their beliefs. Immediately, our discussions became lively, and kids began to take ownership of what they believed. Through these questions, my students discovered things for themselves I could never have taught them through lectures. I have to admit, though, I'm usually a lecturer. I want to believe that I'm comfortable with questions, but I don't often use them well as a teaching method. And questions are messy. They're uncertain. You just don't know where they're going to end up. Deep down, they probably scare me. I think they probably scare most of us. When I read the Bible, I see a God who is totally comfortable In the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Eve eat from the tree they're not supposed to, God doesn't accuse them, destroy them, or lecture them. Instead, he asks them questions. Where are you? Who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree I told you not to eat from? 
what is this you have done? God knows the answers to all these questions. He's all knowing. He's not going to discover anything new from what Adam and Eve tell him. But he asked the questions anyways. No one really knows why he asks. But I think he wants Adam and Eve to discover the answers for themselves. Jesus follows this same pattern. When he approaches people who are spiritually confused or struggling with what they believe, he asks them questions. When Jesus runs into the woman at the well, he asks her, will you give me a drink? When he runs into the blind guy along the road who's been blind from birth, he asks him, what do you want? To the man at the sheep gate who's been crippled for 38 years and can't get in the water, do you want to get better? Jesus seems most comfortable when he's asking questions. But today, we as followers seem least comfortable when we're asking them. We're more about answers. At best, we treat questions like they're unimportant. At worst, we treat them like they're dangerous. Last February, two friends and I began meeting with a group of guys, inviting them into spiritual conversation. No bait and switch. They knew what they were in for, spiritual questions. A cute place. And a year later, we're still at it. And we're still asking questions instead of giving answers. Just recently we asked, what's the offer Jesus makes? One of my friends, Peter, went home and looked up the answer on the internet. And he came to the next meeting with his Google-generated one-page gospel presentation and slapped it on the table. Oh crap, what did he find? It turns out, God had led him to Charles Swindoll's one-page explanation of the gospel. And as we talked, Peter said, I've never heard it put this way before. If we hadn't decided to invite our friends in the conversation, if we had never asked the question, then Peter would have never heard the gospel message this way. Now he has. Jesus works best in questions. When we invest in someone else's beliefs, when we care enough to ask, we show them that we love them. Questions build a bond of trust that allows deeper and more significant conversations to continue and ripen. Who needs you to ask them good question today. Not a leading question where you're fishing for the right answer, but a real question that allows the Holy Spirit to answer. So let's follow Jesus' lead and walk with our friends and neighbors into the unknown, where we can encounter the living God in a new way through the power of questions. Curiosity actually fuels questions. It actually fuels them. Because it's, it's a, a, it is a gift from God that, fuel, uh, that fuels our ability to ask good questions. And it focuses our attention on the other person, not on ourselves. Curiosity is a bridge that actually gets us from noticing someone to actively engaging with them in a conversation. Proverbs 15, sorry, Proverbs 18 verse 15 says, Wise men and women are always learning, always listening for fresh insights. People who are wise are learning because they're asking questions. They're listening to what a person's saying. They're, 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 the answers that are being posed in, in, in relation to that. Let's, let's say someone who, uh, who may be struggling or, or wrestling with something in, in, internally. We allow a, care, a caring curiosity to take the lead and to ask them uh, how they're doing. Is there something that I can help you with? Would you like to talk? Because I'm happy to listen. 
I experienced this uh, probably a couple of weeks ago, um, just going through a really bad season. I'm still in that season, but, you know, that's cool. We'll work through that. But I, I sat down with someone, and um, we're at a, a function, and um, I sat down, and the person just asked me a question and then just listened to my response and then asked further questions based upon the things that I said, not based upon what he wanted to, to say to me or the answers that he'd already formed in his own head or the questions that he'd already answered, uh, formed in his own head. Do you know what, do you know what I'm saying? That, would, for me, told me in that instant that I mattered, that I was valuable, that someone cared enough for me to not just dive in and tell me all of everything that was going on in their world or the things that I should be doing, but they, they spoke in a way that I, I recognized that they were, they just, they listened. They listened. But they asked the questions, but then listened. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the questions can be incredibly powerful in the way that we relate to people by showing them that we value them, by asking the question and then letting the answer come, and then perhaps digging a little bit deeper as the conversation unfolds. If we talk to someone about God or a spiritual issue and they tell us something that we don't believe, ask them some good questions uh, to learn about them. They may not believe that there is a life after death. Don't just tell them your side of the story, well, I believe that there is. You may believe that, but how about we valued the person enough to say, well, how did you come to that decision? How did you start to, to, to believe that? What, what is it that, uh, about your life that has brought you to this point? Help me to understand why you would, you would say that. I'd love to, to hear your story. Could you unfold that for me? And you, there you start to understand that there's someone who's interested in who they are, not interested in just having a, uh, to win an argument. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 to 5, and, and Luke used this for his communion message, uh, a part of it. Verses 3 to 5 say, Be free from controversial or pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. And I love this bit here. It says, Possess a greater concern for what matters to your friends instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us, that his mindset become your motivation. Possess a greater concern for what matters to your friends instead of your own interests. And, and, and when you start to look through the Gospels and you see how Jesus interrelated with the people in and around about him, it wasn't about Jesus, it was about these people and helping them to dig deeper about what they really believed and where they were at in life. It doesn't matter who they were, whether they were a high-ranking Pharisee or a, a leader in the community like Nicodemus was. Nicodemus came in the middle of the night to see Jesus because he didn't want to be seen by his, his other co-workers. He, he went there and, and started to ask questions of Jesus. And Jesus just leads Nicodemus on a, on a wonderful discovery so that Nicodemus himself can understand who Jesus was. And, and, and I believe that, don't quote me, because I, you know, but Nicodemus eventually, we believe, has a relationship with God that goes beyond what he was normally experiencing because of his interaction with Jesus. 
We don't know where those conversations will go if we start to ask people some really good questions. And in asking people questions, we learn more about them, how they think, what they believe, what they're wrestling with, the problems that they're facing. We can dig down a little bit deeper and say, you know what? I'd love to hear your story. You look like you're struggling. Is there something I can do to help? Our simple, humble interest is appealing and it can activate curiosity in others that leads them to pursue life-changing answers for themselves. So I love the, uh, we, we recently saw a, uh, a message by John Maxwell. He uses the curiosity approach to, to uh, sort of like go fishing for, for people. And I love the, the way that he does it. You know, he says that there's four uh, keys in, in living life and I'll give you three. Because <laughs> he's letting curiosity come to what's, what's number four? Oh, you're not ready for that yet. You know, it's just the way he does that. It's just brilliant, you know. How would it be if we, we started to use the same sort of bait as Christians rather than uh, providing all of the answers and, and telling people what we think they need to hear, but just use a little bit of bait and, and see what we catch. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but there's actually a natural order to being curious, to curiosity. Sometimes in our attempts to evangelize someone, we jump from asking about a person's past to going and making the huge leap to finding out what they believe about life after death and eternity and stuff like that. And we miss this whole uh, interaction, this conversation that can happen, this dialogue that can happen in the middle of finding about their past and what they believe about their future. See... uh, you need to, to just start to understand that there is a natural order to curiosity. It's like a tombstone that has the birth date and the, the date of death on the tombstone. There's so much more to a person's life than just their birth date and their death date. And what we've got to do is, is start to understand that God's given us an ability to show people that we value them and care about them by finding about the, the dash of their life. Pastor Keith Phoebix preached a phenomenal message about on, on a tombstone that the dash of a person's life is full of something. Let's ask some questions about the dash of their life. By focusing only on the, the start and the finish, we miss crucial parts of people's stories and we, we, we make people feel like they're a project rather than that we actually care and value them as well. So curiosity follows a natural order, which includes four foundational focus points. First one is history. Where are you from? Secondly is transitions. Where are you now? The third one is principles. How did you get here? And the fourth one is the goals. Where are you going? In John chapter 4, Jesus models this natural order as he talks with the woman at the well. He talks about her past struggles in marriage. He's talking about her history. He transitions into her situation where the man that she lives with is not her husband. Then thirdly, he expands her vision of what worship could be, so the principles of how she's come to be in that place. And finally, when she talks about the future Messiah, Jesus tells her the future has come. In other words, there's the goals area of what uh, the the natural order of uh, curiosity is all about. And supposing we actually started to to model this in our conversations with the people that believe different from us and live different from us. What if we went on this bit of a journey in, in unfolding how curiosity is? The history questions. Where are you from? It's where we find out about a person's past. 
I was at a, the, um, the Barker Hotel on uh, Friday evening for the Mount Barker Business Group, their Christmas breakup. And I had an opportunity uh, to start to just dig about, uh, whereabouts are you from? How, you know, uh, w- you know, tell me about your family. Where, you know, things like that. Started to just, it started at that basic level of finding out about people. And it was so easy. They're, they're quite willing to open up. That's you know, how we start with those sorts of questions. But you know what? If we took the time, we could actually ask a little bit of a deeper question. So you find out where they're from. Well, what was the, the thing that you, know, you, you really enjoyed about living in that, that part of the world? Why, you know, uh, we start to dig a little bit deeper and we can ask some really good questions. Then when the, the relationship grows a little bit, we can start to find out about their path. What, do, you, do you have a, a faith? You know, what do you believe about faith? What do you believe about uh, religion or, 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 or Christians? You know, what were your best or worst experiences with them? We, we dig a little bit into their past and, and we can understand them a little bit. Who, who most influenced your views about God? Secondly, we can then move into the transition questions of where are you now? When there's a common frame of reference and a shared understanding of each other's history, transition questions are quite appropriate. These questions are focused on where they are at this moment. Lives are always in motion, and there is an area of curiosity that can identify what's most important in someone's life right now. And I've used this. When, when I've, I've spoken to people, I've said, you know, how about we catch up together and have a coffee, and I'd, I'd love to hear what's happening in your world right now. It's, it's so easy. What's happening with your, in your workplace? What's happening with your family? I'd love to find out what's, you know, uh, what, what's going on in your world. Let, let's just go on that journey. That's, that's just finding out about the, the transition that people find themselves in. And that brings us to that, the, the third area. It's, it's where we ask the principles questions. How did you get here? See, this is sometimes easy to miss. Once we become aware of principal questions, our curiosity can lead us to a much deeper connection with a person. These questions seek to discover the principles upon which a person builds their perspective in life. Principles can be deeply held convictions based upon life experiences that shape our outlook on life and the decisions that we make. Questions like... uh, How did you get to the place that you are in life right now? How did you go into your job field? What what, what drew you to that? Help me to understand that. Who's the spiritual person that you most admire? Who do you rely on for life or spiritual advice? They're just good good questions to ask in the the principles area. And then you, you come to the last area where you simply say, where are you going? What's, you know, what's, what's the goals of your life? And it's where you ask, how do you want things to be? The key point here is, is the goals that aren't explored until you've actually gone through the first three areas. We could ask questions like, what do you want your faith to look like? If you had a million dollars to give to a charity, which would you help and why would you help them? What is your expectation of life after death? See, good questions help to build connection. Asking questions from genuine interest builds connections. And connection builds trust. And trust is the bridge that can bear the weight of truth. Because people understand that we care about them. 
So like we do uh, with this series currently, we're actually digging into some discovery areas and also some things that we need to practice in the coming week. So the question I want you to ask is a powerful question of yourself first up this morning. It's in your notes. And what I would ask you to do, and we did this as a leadership team, and I learned so much about the incredible people that we're walking with in life in our leadership team right now. The question I asked them was, if you were able to ask God one question and you knew that he would answer it, what would you ask God and why would you ask that question? If you were to think about that question right now, if you had the opportunity to ask God one question and you knew that he would answer that question, what question would you ask and why would you ask it? Write your answer in your, in your notes because it's insightful. It helps us to understand something that's going on internally with us. Secondly, this week, spend 15 minutes in a public place. A cafe, a shop, an airport, a playground somewhere and be curious about the people that you notice. Then ask yourself, What's their life like? Now, you're not actually talking to them, but ask yourself, what's their life like? What do you think that they believe? When has their life been hard? When has it been fulfilling? Write down your observations, perhaps, and even those potential questions, and then pray for that person. I mean, you haven't even spoken to them yet. You've just seen them. You've noticed them. You've allowed the Spirit of God just to to, to highlight this person to you. But then ask questions of yourself because it's good practice because when you actually talk to a real person, you've already practiced it. Then this week's practice. Spend a little time with one person and practice asking questions based on your curiosity. With just the simple, genuine interest of saying, you know what, I just would love to ask you some questions about this, and then you, you, you listen to what they say and you ask another question based upon what they say, not upon how you want to better their story, top their story, say how you had it much harder than they have, or whatever. But ask a question based upon the answer that you received to your original question. And see where the conversation goes. You know what? Sometimes, like that video said, sometimes asking questions, it can be quite scary. And to a level, because we've got no control over the conversation then. And for, I don't know about you, but I like controlling conversations sometimes. I'm the only one, okay. But I don't know about you, but not having the control over a conversation or where it goes, what could God do in that moment when we get out of the way and we allow him to lead the conversation? What could happen in that moment with that person? How deep could you go in your relationship with that person if you genuinely allowed a lack of control, you relinquish control over that conversation and you just let the Holy Ghost lead it based upon whoever it is that you are talking with? You could initiate a conversation by simply stating, I couldn't help but notice that you're a Muslim. I couldn't help but notice that you seem to be struggling with your shopping there 
Can I help you? Whatever, whatever it is that you notice. It may be intimidating at first. However, do it in a way that works for you. But challenge yourself to do it. The important thing is that you notice someone and that you get curious in that moment and you just step out and you say whatever it is that you need to say. Who's up for the challenge? That's good. That's good. Here's here's the thing I've noticed. We are hardwired by our awesome creator to be naturally interested in learning more about people and his creation. How would it be if we approached our faith that way? If we got curious about what the Bible said about the things that we're actually going through right now? What could we learn? Where could the Holy Spirit lead us in the Bible to discover the answer that we're going through right now? Our curiosity and question asking can be cultivated through practice and intentionality. Through meaningful questions, we can express our curiosity and demonstrate that we are honestly seeking to understand, to know, and to love someone. There's a great story I I found as I was researching for my message this morning. It's uh, the story of, of James Taylor. He's a British district officer who in the early 1930s went to Papua New Guinea uh, to do some work there. And the village that he needed to go to was 3,000 feet above sea level. And uh, he he needed to go to uh, one of the tribes there. Uh, And he went to a tribe that had never seen the outside world, had no understanding about what the outside world was. Uh, He described the courage of one villager in that village. He says, one day on the airstrip that was hacked out from the mountains near the village, this man cut vines from uh, the, the surrounding jungle. Then he tied himself to the fuselage of this uh, aeroplane shortly before it was due to take off. See, the villager explained calmly to his loved ones that no matter what happened to him, he had to see where this plane had come from. And isn't that the way that if we were to approach life And the conversations, the people that we meet, where could a conversation go? Where could the conversation go if we simply stepped out in curiosity and asked some questions of the people that we're in? Amen? Let's stand. This is an area that I'm growing in and I've got a desire to, to, to grow in, in is in asking questions. I've got a lot of work to do. <laughs> a lot of my questions used to be, like, well, where were you on July 25th at 6.30 in the <laughs> I've got to get out of that sort of main thought pattern and, and say, what's happening in your world? Where did you really buy this car? Um, <laughs> So I've got some retraining to do. But I I sense that in this journey that we're on as a church, one of the greatest things that we can do to show value for people is to, to sit down with them and to truly listen to them and to ask some good questions. Not questions that 
are leading them to, like the video said, to the answer we want them to believe about what we believe. But we ask questions so that they can discover what they believe. And we dig that up and we, 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 we look at that and, and we just truly do discover what people believe about life and about themselves and about God. In the coming year, I hope to get a couple of uh, what are called Q places up. They're simply places you can ask a question. And the whole premise of those Q places is to learn about life and about God. And we invite people to those Q places. And they can happen in a coffee shop. They can happen in a, in a, a park down the road. They can happen in a playgroup. They can happen in a, in a home over a cup of coffee. But it's where a group of people get down and they say, you know what, For a, a, let's, let's discover what we really do believe about life and about God. Not with the intention of telling them how they need to be living their lives, but simply asking questions and keep asking questions to find out what we really believe. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you that you are here by your Spirit. And just like maybe where Adam and Eve were in the Garden of Eden, and they lost their way. You came to them and you said, where are you? Maybe some of us have lost our way this morning. Maybe we're just searching. We just sort of like got off the track a little bit. This morning I feel God saying to you, where are you? Now he knows. He's asking the question so that you discover for yourself. But this morning... Where are you in the journey of faith? What do you believe about God? Where are you heading in life? Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help us to start to ask more good questions. That you, by your Spirit, would give us inspiration to ask the questions like that when we're sitting down with someone else. Help us to dig down and, and to just create a, a deeper level of connection, relationship with these people so that we can actually see them flourish and grow and be all that you want them to be. Help us, prompt us to have those conversations. Help us to ask those questions of you, Lord. Well, why is this happening to me? What do you want me to learn as I'm walking through this, Lord? What is it that you're wanting to show me? What is it about your character that you're wanting to reveal to me through this? Lord, would you help me to ask those questions of the people around about me and of you yourself, Lord? To that end, we say thank you in the wonderful name of Jesus this morning. Amen.